0: This episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by Badmagics.com. Badmagics.com, more than just an online journal or a clothing line. Badmagics.com is a lifestyle brand dedicated to keeping you fresh from art to the music to the gear. Badmagics.com. Shout out to the magic man. Badmagics.com. Defenders of the true school. Way up, 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 up. up. up, up, up. you not a kid no more. Nah, I think it's time to grow, yeah. homie. You better know. Tell you him. know it's time to grow. Uh, Way up. Up, 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 up. Way up. What it is and what it do? I am Lawrence G. And this is your boy Joey Burnham. And this is the, the Grown, grown ass, ass Man Hip, hip Hop show, show, where we talk about love, life, hip hop, and grown man shit, and everything in between. My Nika, what's up, man? Can I get a shout-out? Can I get the show told to my And right That from God. the Loaded Lux album. That's a good ass fucking album too. Surprisingly good for a battle rapper. That's beloved too. Yeah, beloved too. He breaks the stereotype. What's mm. Cracker lacking? What's been going on? How was your week? My week was pretty good. Work, um, work, 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 work. i was having work, 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 work. work, 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 work. Boom, 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 boom. Lawrence and I just got through playing 2K16, NBA 2K16. That was a decent game. Yeah, because it was free on PlayStation 4. Yep. And. I don't play games. I don't. Nigga, don't play no motherfucking games. We broke even. He beat me the first game, and I beat him the second game. No, 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 no. What was that? What was the. By how much on the first game? The first game, that nigga blew me out by 22 points. Lawrence G blew me out by 22 points, and he. I had Portland, and he had uh the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. So that was the first game. That was the uh, Oh, the first game. Oh my yeah. bad. The first game was uh the Thunder. Okay, Portland. yeah. Lawrence G had the Thunder and I had Portland and he blew me out by 22 points. The second game was a four-point game that I won and I had the Houston Rockets and he had the Suns. So that was a fun ass game. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a gamer gamer like that um cuz because you're grown and got shit to I'm do. I'm grown. I, I, w- I want to I wanna be, but it's like I purposely don't do it because it's like, I'm going to tell you what broke me in playing games. I'm going to tell you exactly what broke me in playing games. NBA 2K11 broke me in playing games. And why is that? Because I had built a character and I was playing that damn game every day. And I just happened to look at his stats and this motherfucker made $32 million a year. He had won four NBA championships. He was a finals MVP, a regular season MVP, and an all-star MVP. Mm-hmm. He was lead scorer of the damn. He was lead scorer of the season for like two or three years straight. Yeah. He was on a championship team. Once again, the motherfucker made $32 million. And I looked at that shit and said, damn, this motherfucker's more successful than me in real life. Yeah. So I said, fuck that. I can't do this shit no more. I'm gonna have to put this bullshit down. This motherfucker done did more in a damn video game than I've ever done in my real damn life. So that was the moment I said to myself, I I ain't fucking with these games no more. That nigga's living vicariously um through his uh, avatars and his basketball teams in the in the video game. Shit pissed me off, man. Yeah. Motherfucker oh. did motherfucker had more accomplishments in his life than I had. Ain't that a bitch. And I was like, that's some bullshit. I ain't playing this shit no more. <laughs> I was uh, watching something called Gamer Ranks on YouTube, and they said, you know you're a grown-ass man, uh, a gamer a gamer with a job. You know you're a gamer with a job when you only play video games, like sports games and one-player games, stuff that you don't have to put a lot of time in because you know you won't be able to finish an RPG or a game with a deep story. So I, I thought that was pretty fun. Hell no, man. I can't put eight hours in a shit I don't get a paycheck from. Uh, Papoose and and, and Premiere. Had a, a tight ass song on that video game. Hell yeah. This is a hip hop show, so let's talk about some hip hop. Papoose and Premiere had some heat. Nas yeah. was on that. Represent represent, represent. 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 Straight up and down. The shit is real and everything can be your last. I don't know what the nigga said. I should. That's kind of blasphemous not to know that song. Yeah, it's a tight ass damn song, man. Speaking of hip hop, Kendrick Lamar, man, part two. Yeah, man. Um. Good Kid Mad City. This is the Good Kid Mad City. This is the good good kid Mad City edition. Episode of, edition um Part if two. you have if this is your first time listening to this show, uh what we're doing is we're actually discussing um three of Kendrick Lamar's albums. We're discussing Section 80, uh Good Kid Mad City and To Pimp a Butterfly the good kid mad city episode and uh might want to go back and listen to episode eight and uh you know try to get caught up or whatnot yeah because uh we made a lot of references and we talked a lot about uh section 80 in episode eight and we're going to talk a lot about good kid mad city in this one so if you have not heard that one you may listen through if you'd like but i would suggest that you go back and listen to episode eight And if you're somewhere in the future and you've already listened to them, we thank you. But anyway, yeah, go back and check that shit out. Uh, This is uh, the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. We will be back. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I'm Lawrence G. That's Joey Burnham. And we back in your mouth we're back in your mad. <laughs> so yeah, what we're going to do right now is take up from where we dropped off on episode 8. This is episode 9, The yes, Good Kid Mad Theory Part 2, Good Kid Mad City. And um if you remember I said on part 1 that this you have to look at these three albums with a microscope. And so The first album that we talked about was Section 80, and I told you that that album is a generational album. That album talks about the conflictions of children born in the 80s and how, word I'm looking for, self-destructive some of them are and might be. Mm -hmm. So now that we take the microscope and we focus in a little more and we get to Good Kid, Matt City, what we focus into is his neighborhood. Yeah and how the neighborhood affects him because like i said the generation that's a broad stroke and you see the habits of the generation but now as you get deeper into what's actually going on on the good kid mad city album you can see that he's being there are two things going on the first thing is that he's becoming a little bit more self-aware of his talent and his neighborhood and it's also a coming of age story and the main characters in this album and this part of the album is the neighborhood because he reacts to everything from the neighborhood he hasn't learned at this point he hasn't learned how to influence the neighborhood so he's still letting the neighborhood influence him yeah good kid mad city it reminds me of a Bronx tale because you're pretty much a product of your environment good or bad and different uh yeah so that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of a, of a Bronx tale yeah so um just to give a little bit of backstory on good kid Matt city good kid Matt city kendrick is in the 11th grade on this album well it's the summer between 10th grade and 11th grade yeah so it's the summer between the 10th grade and the 11th grade you know he's hanging out with his homeboys uh once again being influenced by his homeboys kendrick lamar is a straight edge person he really don't get high he really don't smoke he really don't he might do a little drinking but he don't really smoke he don't really do drugs he's not in the gang but when he's hanging around with his homies You know, he's being influenced by, you know, not only you got to remember that he's in a blood neighborhood, so he's being influenced by, so it's like, even if he doesn't bang, he's hanging with bangers, so he's banging by association. Ain't that what uh, the art of peer pressure is about? Yeah, that's what the art of peer pressure is about. It's about him being, it's about him being with the homies, and it's about him not necessarily being that person, but you know, I'm with the homies. Mm -hmm. Um... Now the album starts off with what I'm calling is the continuation from Overly Dedicated album On the song PNP which stands for Pussy and Patron Where you hear him when the song opens up You hear a clip of Martin playing in the background And then it goes into the song Now the way that you have to look at that song is that Kendrick Lamar Is sitting in his living room on the phone watching Martin talking to a chick And obviously because of the subject matter of the song his day has been kind of rough. You know, He he's a little bit irritated. And so now he goes and he gets... So he's talking to this chick and he wants some pussy and some patrol. And you're talking about this is the Section 80 album you're talking about. No, this about. is Overly Dedicated. This is Overly Dedicated. Okay, this is Overly Dedicated. P&P is, Do- is on Overly Dedicated. So now what happens is from, from P&P on Overly Dedicated, we go into master Splinter's daughter is the na- that's the name of it. Sharane aka master splinter's daughter right shirane aka master splinter's daughter and then in that story after talking to the girl he leaves the house and he and it tells the story of him leaving the house and and, and thinking about what he wants to do to it sexually and having all these fantasies because they've, the yeah, re- they've been talking the whole summer ready to fuck some he read they've been talking the whole summer he ready to get it in turns out and, I'm, and my theory is, and maybe you can help me with this, Joe. I don't know if... Now, he did mention that the cousins had a gangbang in history. Now, I don't know if... Charaine, cousins of Shireen. Right. The so he of knows... He already has a clue that you may get fucked up trying to fuck Shireen. Well, I mean, he makes it clear that that's the enemy territory. Right. He makes it clear that Sharan she stays on the border. She, he made it clear that she stays on the border of Compton in another neighborhood. She's right there on the border. You know what I'm saying? And he is clearly going out of bounds to mess with this chick. He's going to another neighborhood to mess with this chick. And we Risk can assume, it. and, and we can assume that he, because he is in the blood side of Compton, we can assume that he's going to a crypt neighborhood now my thing is that i'm not quite clear on is if she set him up or if it was a coincidence i'm thinking and i could be wrong but i'm thinking it's just territorial coincidence situation i mean he pretty much knew that he was from the opposite neighborhood and he knew that shit could get risky trying to go fuck serene i don't think it was a setup i think she liked him just as much, or well, she wanted to fuck him just as much as he wanted to fuck her. And he went over there and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think it is what it is, too. And so that story kind of sets off Good Kid Mad City in its own direction. And, and now you kind of get to see a portrait of the neighborhood. And, I, and I'll and i say this, too. If Shireen, hypothetically speaking, if Shireen did set him up, Kendrick Lamar is the type of MC where he would write that story out. We wouldn't have to question if Shireen set him up. Because he would literally write the song out explaining how he got set up. That's good music material. You feel me? But it, there's a reference on the album where, you know, when the homeboys is getting ready to uh, go and retaliate, they do say. Get the, that bitch too. The bitch set him up. We're well, we going to get that bitch too. So and he doesn't really, he's not really clear about that. And, and what, that's at the end of that's what song? towards the end of the album. I want to say that is right before, um. You know what? It's the um, it's 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 between Mad City and swimming pools. I figured that it's that skit. It's it's that skit. So it, it's the skit on the tag end of Number Eight, Mad City, featuring MC. Right. It is right before it, they stop. <laughs> damn, they stomped the homie out over a bitch. Yeah, it's that, and then and then it's because they got him drinking in the car. You know, pretty much linking his wounds or whatnot. And oh, so okay. they go, and they and then they shoot him, and that's when everything, and that's when the, you know the homeboys get shot and all that kind of stuff. But specifically, though, what I'm trying to get, what I what I need people to get about this album is that it's a reflection of the neighborhood. when it When the song, when the album starts off, of course, it starts off with him going to see Shireen, and um, one thing that he does is because he's giving you his personal life, and if you if you remember, I referenced. Uh, that the single motherhood rates had gone up in the 1980s. Well, Kendrick is very fortunate in this, in the fact that he has both of his parents, mm-hmm. and he says that right before "Bitch Don't Care My Vibe," there is a conversation on his cell phone, on his voicemail between his mother and father. So, right there, he's actually letting you know, "I do, I'm in this generation, and I do have both of my parents, and there is something different about." Me. Yeah, you're talking about the bring my van back skit, right? The, the, right, right. And exactly. that skit is right before "Bitch Don't Kill." It's my in between Sharane uh, and it's right before "Bitch Don't, Bitch kill, don't kill, my kill My Vibe." My vibe. Yeah, because when he says, "Um, um, turn the OJs back on," you killing my vibe, killing my motherfucking. Put my OJs back like on. kind like the killing my motherfucking vibe, and yeah. then he goes into that. Yeah, that's that's the segue. And the backstreet, and see, and this is where the neighborhood, see another important aspect of this song and i want you to think about this and i want you to notice that the backseat freestyle that song is totally different from any other song that Kendrick Lamar has done now now let's just now let's be real and just keep it funky and just know that Kendrick Lamar does do songs like this but this song is placed in a certain kind of way the backseat freestyle right after Bitch don't kill my vibe. You hear the homeboys say, yo, Kendrick Lamar, come on ride with us, man. I got a back I got a bag of, I got a, a, a bag of cigars and a uh and a beat I got a bag of cigars and a beat tape. Nigga, get your freestyles ready. In the back seat, in the backseat freestyle, he's flexing for the homeboys. He riding with his homeboy. You have to think about it in a real natural way. If you rap, because at this point he's very self aware that he raps. He knows that he has a talent He knows that he's a little bit different From everybody else And and he wants more Than what the surroundings offer him So for what he's doing Because he's in the neighborhood And he can't get his thinking past Being a homie in the neighborhood He is rapping For what the homeboys want to hear So now you get a braggadocious song, all my life I want money and power, respect my mind. You know what I'm saying? That song always reminded me of uh, Six Foot, Seven Foot by Lil Wayne. It has that same vibe. It has that same vibe, but you have to realize that it's not for him. It's for the homies. Because it's in the back of the car, freestyling. It's called the backseat freestyle. I mean, I feel what you're saying, but this song reminds me of six foot seven Yeah, it does remind me of six foot seven. It's got that six foot seven foot And that's about the only gripe I had about it. But other than that, of course, it goes hard. That nigga went the fuck off. So, yeah, that song uh, is for the homies. And that's another another thing where you see him uh, just not being a leader yet he hasn't discovered how to be a leader yet In this album you see uh you see a, a young kid who has tremendous talent not know how to, to he, who knows he's a leader but doesn't know how to lead and so um after that we kind of move forward to um uh, the art of peer pressure now in the art of peer pressure once again got to realize the dude is in the back of the car right and he's riding with his homeboys in the art of peer pressure. And what is he doing in the art of peer pressure? Hey, the homies bang, he bang. He makes yeah. sure the homies smoking weed, he's smoking weed. The homies drinking, he drinking. It even goes to the point where he's he doing a robbery. He yeah, done He's do, he he flocking, as they say over in Cali. He's flocking. He didn't kick the end the door. Also oh, whatever the homie's doing, he doing. But he knows he's not this kind of person. But he even makes a reference. Usually I'm drug free. But look at me. I got the blunt hanging out my mouth. Because he's letting the neighborhood affect him. It's What I'm seeing in this album is a young man who's being divided within his neighborhood and himself. And early in the album, you really see Kendrick Lamar. He's not even struggling with what's going on yet. At this point, at this point, he's not even struggling. He's not even recognizing it. He just know I'm a nigga with talent. The homeboys think I got talent. I'm popular. I got dreams of being a rapper. I got dreams of seeing something big. I got dreams of doing something big. But I'm in the neighborhood. And I'm just doing what we do in the neighborhood, because I've been doing it ever since I got here. So it's normal to me. And I don't know if anything else that's as normal as this. Um, now the next song is Money Trees featuring J Rock. What I notice is that tracks one, two, three, and four they kind of tie in together, right? But number five that doesn't seem as if it ties in to the previous four, or does it? Um, that seems like it's just a random song, which n- is okay now. To me, you could probably make it connect, but to me, in my mind, I made it connect, but it's not in sequential order, which is why I don't say that it connects. But let's talk about Money Trees for a second because that song, um, The Art of Peer Pressure, when he's riding around with his homeboys doing all that stuff, once again, he's still in the backseat. At this point, Kendrick Lamar got high. At this point, Kedja Lamar done broke into somebody's house. At this point, Kedja Lamar done almost got arrested by the police, at least he thought, but they made a left and the police made a right. His mom done called him asking about the van, and he's sitting, he done freestyled, and he's sitting in the back seat of the car, apparently riding after they done made this lick, and he's daydreaming. Mm-hmm. Money Trees is a song about daydreaming. He's fantasizing about actually having money and being an own. Mm-hmm. And that's your unofficial connection, and that if is, you will. That is, um, that is that. I feel like that's what's going on in the album at this point because I still got him in the back seat. He's still riding with the homeboys. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's daydreaming right there. He's daydreaming. He he knows he got talent. His homeboys know he got talent, and he's doing. He he want to get out. He know he got enough talent to get out, but once again, he's doing regular hood shit. Cause what else is there to do? If you know what I'm saying, and um. The, the connection that I made with and this is this is my unofficial connection, um, poetic justice, because all of this kind of because Kendrick Lamar took us to the back of the story and then drove us frontwards. I'm saying that at this point, he's sweet talking charade because tracks one through four. And the reason why I say I'm the one who brought up the term unofficial connection is because tracks one two three and four i think everybody can agree they're connected right but tracks five and six that's probably where things get a little fuzzy in terms of each track connecting i think uh the connection is lost with track number five now now number six which the album is off the chain it's a classic uh so i'm not saying that it has to connect for it to be um good and off the chain you know but at the same time i think five and six they kind of veer away from the story and and the reason here's why i say that because at this point um he took you to the end of the story and now he's bringing you forward how everything happened it's like to me it feels like an intermission from the story right it's it but here's but to me because at this point he hasn't hit serene yet in the story he hasn't hit serene yet because there's, there's a part in the story where he's like well you know we're going to meet up at the spot about 1030 because I know Kendrick Lamar want to fuck on Sharane. And so, and that's when the whole setup situation He wants to happens. fuck on Sharane. Yeah, I've never understood that phrase, fuck on Sharane. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, so I think that the poetic justice song, I really think that if you look at it and if he, if you look at it from the aspect of him still being in the backseat ride with his homeboys, he on the phone talking shit. He's sweet talking Sharane. He know he finna get that pussy. He, he planned on getting that pussy. He done got his mama van. He out. He know he ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. And he sweet talking. He's sweet talking, Shireen. So, good kid. Um, Good kid is, is connected because now what he's doing is he's setting you up. He's framing the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He's telling you in this story, he's telling you, about how harsh his neighborhood is you know who produced that song it sounds so dr dredge it sounds so i have no idea who produced this okay but um yeah one through four is connected in my opinion five and six veer away from that connection and he gets right back to the story at seven good kid so continue with good kid okay so like i said um good kid is a portrait of his neighborhood now is so what he's done is he's given you a scenario with him with his homeboys and he's telling and he's telling you at this point in his life that he was very influenced by his neighborhood and by his friends and now to add to the story what he's finna do is give you a portrait of the neighborhood and it talks about police brutality it talks about uh racial profiling that the LAPD does it talks about um a gang culture it talks about ignorance it even makes references to the educational system and it just really just it, what he do, it slaps you right in the what that song what good kid does right there if you contrast it with money trees it snaps him back into reality yeah because remember money trees he's fantasizing about having money and putting his friends on and just doing good and making something out of his life but then good kid the good Then Good Kid comes along and snaps him right back into reality and puts him right back into where he is in his neighborhood. Yeah, Good Kid is produced by Pharrell Williams. Oh, that's what's up. That's shocking because it sounds like some straight Dr. Dre shit. And in Mad City, um, once again, it's another portrait of the neighborhood. It's actually given the history of the neighborhood. And not just the history of the neighborhood, but the histories of the OGs in the neighborhood and and, and how they go back and forth. Okay. Yeah, so that's just, like I said, so at this point he's being snapped into reality and he's um, recognizing that, you know, the neighborhood ain't all so good. And because he's recognizing, at this point he's framing the neighborhood, noticing that the situation is bad and how used to it he's gotten. And I think at this point he's kind of realizing that you know what it's got to be something more than this mm-hmm. because he already daydreamed about more. But he but like I said that song he snapped back in reality and it's like it's got to be more than this. It's got to be something different. there has got to be something else other than this. Mm-hmm. And this is Mad City. You're and, talking this is, about now. and this is that, and that's Mad City. Swimming pools, track number nine. Uh now swimming pools, track number nine, to me, that song gets kind of It Veers away from the story. It veers again. away from personally here's here's what I think happened with Poetic Justice and Swimming Pools. I think that swimming pools and poetic justice were label decisions. I personally feel like they heard the album without poetic justice and without swimming pools and they said, You don't have a single. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, for the, for the simple fact they put Drake on one, and they pushed the other one. Yeah. So they obviously there was like we don't you don't have a single. This song is missing something. So I think that those songs were label decisions that he just and it was one of the situations where it's like okay I had we got to do this from a label standpoint. Do you think that's a good or bad idea? Which is the loaded question because I know what you're gonna say. Um, from a label standpoint, both of those songs were good ideas they were just placed badly okay um if you're kendrick lamar are are you happy with these songs i will be if i'm if i'm kendrick lamar i think i'm more happy if i'm kendrick lamar and i can't speak for kendrick lamar so let me not do that let me speak from a fan perspective okay so from a fan perspective from a fan perspective i would be i'm more satisfied with swimming pools than i am poetic justice and why do you say that because Poetic Justice was the obvious label single. It was the obvious, hey, you need this kind of song. Because it had, because it was an R&B style song and it had Drake on it. Swimming Pools is not as radio friendly and cookie cutter. It's it's organic. It's a single that's organic for him. So it could have already been a song already and it just and it just kind of got thrown into the mix because somebody's label was like, hey, we like that, put that on the album. Now, again, this is just an assumption because you aren't Kendrick Lamar. I'm not Kendrick Lamar, I'm, I'm, Kendrick Lamar. I'm, Kendrick not, and I'm not a radio exec. I mean, you a label know. exec, so but, I'm just saying this is what it feels like to me. But my question is, do you think <laughs> – how do you think he feels about that? Do you Do you think he would be like a frustrated artist? About a label making a decision like that? Like, no. Like, put these two songs Well, yeah, on I think album. most labels would be frustrated. I think most artists, my bad. I think yeah. most artists would be frustrated with labels saying this. Because a lot of times, fortunately for these people, for this album, the label got it right. They might not exactly fit into the category. They may not exactly fit into the storyline. But they work. And I think the label got it right. Well, um, piggybacking on your theory... Um, the specific theory of these two songs being intentionally placed on the album to promote the album and push the album, I think Kendrick, I think label, I think all parties heard the two songs and was like, "Fuck yeah, throw this shit on the album!" Right? It's off the also, chain. Also, and I think also, everybody was happy. We also have to remember that Drake and Kendrick Lamar were on tour together. Okay, so that song could have came out of that. And if I'm the label guy. And I hear that you made a song with Drake, on tour. I want to hear that song, cause we know anything that Drake gets on right now is 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 hot. And this was re- and this was before Drake became Drake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was still a big name, but he wasn't as big as he is now. So to have Drake on your album, have Drake on your album when this album came out was still pretty big, and you kind of know it was gonna be pushed by the label why because number one they can't waste the money on that and number two it's gonna bring more attention to your album he just sucked in a bunch of drake fans okay Uh, but to me swimming pools is the more organic which is why they went i think they went with that one first because they knew that was the more organic kendrick lamar yeah um swimming pools is about substance abuse specifically alcohol and uh yeah, that ain't cookie cutter. That's that's a, 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 a more controversial subject to touch on compared to being in love and poetic justice. Yeah, I like both songs, but I feel what you're saying. One is more edgier, right? One is other. more edgier, and one is more organic for Kendrick Lamar to do. Mm-hmm. And the other I totally one, totally agree with that. And the other one is just, we hey, you know, we got Drake on this song, got a hot single. Okay. But where, now, now what he did to tie those songs. Now what he did to tie that song into the album specifically He really didn't tie Poetic Justice into the album But he did tie um, Swimming Pools into the album And he tied that into the album by that skit that goes right before Because that's the point when he goes over Shereen's house He gets jumped And he I guess he either called the homeboys and told them what happened Or they came and got him, or whatever situation happened The homeboys found out about it And they had already been smoking and they had already been drinking that earlier that day. So that just passed him the bottle. You know, lick your wounds, man. Uh, we gonna handle this shit. And that's where the retaliation comes from. That's when they set him up. That's when they, you know, they shoot at him and they get shot back and old boy brother dies. Mm-hmm. So what about Real, the next song, number 11, Real? Real, I think that, um, so I'm Real I think that's I think that's the point where he's starting to recognize himself. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the point uh, he, he's come where well, he's recognizing a few things. He's recognizing that he can be a leader in the neighborhood, he's recognizing God, he's recognizing that the circumstances that in which he's been living is not it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He can do more. Because this album is all about him doing more and this album is all about an awakening and he's doing it from his neighborhood so and he's closely tied to his to his neighborhood so at this point it's like save myself save my neighborhood you see what's going on in my neighborhood i gotta save myself so i can save the neighborhood okay and so now he's realizing that so many things that are going on within him and around him conflict and they're real especially how he feels about himself Especially what he sees in himself, he knows that is real. I think that's another song that talks to his awakening. So, what's the next one? The last one is Compton by Dr. Dre, well, featuring Dr. Dre. Now we we can do it from there because at this point in this in this part of the album, the skits become really important, it, it, the, because in between these songs, um, the homeboy gets shot. They, the, you know, he gets jumped. The homeboys go back to reality, retaliate, and now one of the homeboy's brothers gets shot and he's dead. And it's like and it's it's a very high point in the it's like the most high it's the highest point in the album as far as drama and conflict because everybody's gathered around the brother his you know his, you know the homeboy's brother is dead and he's frustrated and they wanna go back and do what they've always done retaliate. And you would think that ending an album like that would be on a sad note, but it didn't. It didn't end on a sad note because at the end, they got saved. That's when okay. the church lady comes up to them and tells them that they need holy water and that they die in of thirst. They die in a thirst and that they need to get, you know, spiritual water and they need to get baptized. So she baptizes them. And again, that's Maya Angelou at the and end. And that's Maya Angelou at the end. Talking on uh, dying at Thirst. dying at the Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> and so so they so she tell them that they down on the thirst and they get baptized and that part of the album is over that part of his story is over and Compton to me Compton Compton and the recipe to me are like if this was a movie so overall what do you think about my album Lawrence G I'm Kendrick Lamar Kendrick Lamar I don't think Kendrick talks like that that's how Kendrick Lamar talks Kendrick Lamar that's how he sounds. He sound, you're making Kendrick sound like a Canadian. That's how Kendrick Lamar sounds. I'm Kendrick Lamar. Everybody sit your bitch ass down to Kendrick Lamar. That's how he sounds. You sound like Drake doing a bad Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <fashion>. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fucked up. I can, he is a Canadian. Drake is a Canadian. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, the Compton is the credits. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, once again telling you That he's from the city of Compton Once again, it's a neighborhood reference Mm -hmm. I'm from the city of Compton Look at all the stuff I survived Look at everything that goes on I'm on And it's also another thing Because he's on the song with Dr. Dre Because his mother says at the end of the song Top wants you and Dave to come to the studio Who does? His mama You know, after the homeboy gets shot I'm saying who wants who to come to the studio? Top, Top Dog Oh, okay Top, they call him Top So the mom, so if you remember He gets that call at the end of the album Like I heard what's going on I'm sorry about your homeboy I know the lady from the neighborhood I know the church lady saved y'all That's what y'all need to be hearing right now That's a good positive thing His dad gives him some words of encouragement And at the end of all that After all that drama And everything that went on in that day Top called As in top AKA top dog Called And he wants y'all to come to the studio so now at this point, and this, this point is very, very important for where we're finna go. This point is very important for what's happening, or at this point is very important for what's going on with To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Because at this point now, not only are these the credits, but he's on a song with Dre, another Compton native. So at this point, he's saying to you, my neighborhood is fucked up. I see what's going on. I have enough talent and enough wherewithal to be a leader and get out of the neighborhood. And when it, through my hard work and through my dedication and through my talent, I got with Dre. And me and Dre are going to put on for the city of Compton. That's where the credits were rolled. What's the next album we're talking about? The next album is uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, that's right. To Pimp Butterfly. The last Butterfly. one. And um, so uh, on that album, so just to recap what's going on here. Kendrick Lamar gave you a story in Section 80. Kendrick Lamar gave you the story of his generation and just his generation. Okay. Section 80, he gave you the story of the neighborhood that he's from. Mm-hmm. within his, The children in that generation and the neighborhood that the children in this generation reside and what he also started to do was pluck himself out and raise himself up just a little bit to show you i'm in here because you always have to remember that Kendrick Lamar is the Kendrick Lamar is not the main character it's everything else the neighborhood is the main character because he reacts to the neighborhood the generation is the main character because he reacts to the generation but what he's saying to you is in the midst of all this Here's this kid with talent. Here's this one kid who's going to do it different. Here's this one kid that didn't bang. So Section 80 is the time. Right. Being a product of that time. Right. And And with being a product of that time, certain things come along, certain mind states come along with being a product of that time. And Good Kid Mad City is being a product of your environment and trying to escape peer pressure and all the pitfalls of the hood. And come of coming of age, right? Okay. So, like I said, you have to remember his character in this story. His character is a young man who has talent, who's a rapper. The good kid is an MC who doesn't do drugs, not in the gang, doesn't smoke. He a, he a regular kid in the neighborhood. He just don't do a lot of hood shit. Okay, I feel what you're saying about good kid, Mad City. Right. I mean, like the title, he's right. a good kid trying to rap, trying to stay away from trouble, and his environment keeps pulling him back in. Right, to the exactly. Bullshit. And it's not even like it's pulling him back in with the bullshit. His environment because he's been there it's like you just do what you like here's a, you know, growing up when we had hard times, I thought that everybody went through that. Me too. Ain't and, that a bitch? <laughs> until you realize that everybody doesn't go through it. That's the same situation with Kendrick Lamar. He's in the neighborhood and he's the neighborhood is so ingrained in what He's done for his whole life that he Thinks gangs are normal Breaking in houses Is normal all this shit that's going on around. It's fucked up but it's normal Everybody goes through it until He starts to realize everybody Ain't going through this shit I used to be shocked When I saw people eating lunch I used to Go to other kids houses and see the motherfuckers Eating lunch like <laughs> Oh it's 12 o'clock Joseph we're about to Eat lunch I'm like what Y'all eat lunch outside of school? What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> we ate breakfast, we ate dinner, and maybe something in between, but we didn't have an official, official lunch. And, time. and it might it it might end up being lunch, but in our household, we didn't have an official time for lunch. Right, right. We had we ate breakfast, and we definitely ate dinner. But in between, it was just like, I just eat what's in the house if it's something in the goddamn house. Right, I went to another nigga house this month. They had official times. It's 5 o'clock. It's time for dinner. It's 12 o'clock. It's time for lunch. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for breakfast. like, this shit is running functional and shit. (laughs) I'm used to a dysfunctional-ass situation. (laughs) That nigga said dysfunctional. The dysfunction became the program shit but yeah and that's exactly what happened was with Kendrick the, shit yeah. just gets normal and if you get programmed into dysfunction and once you do that for so long you think it's normal and i think that's what happened with Kendrick until he started to realize cuz it's hard to be a person with talent stuck in a dysfunctional situation because dysfunction starts to getting out of dysfunction and dealing with dysfunction becomes more important than developing your talent the talent is actually something that uh, helps you escape the dysfunction at this a certain point. So, as we so as we go into to pimp a butterfly, you got to remember that good kids mad city ended with with Kendrick Lamar being signed by Dr. Dre. So now he's leaving the neighborhood. He's officially left the neighborhood, and he's gone onto pimp butterfly he is he has walked away from the neighborhood and he's sought his own he's seeking his fame but he's still at hood nigga and we're going to end it right there and uh we'll come and you know tie everything up so episode 2 will be uh this is episode 2 episode 3 will be next week if you have not checked out episode 1 check that out yes sir this is the grown ass man hip hop show i'm lawrence g and this is your boy joey burnham and we out and as we always say grown-ups don't go out there and do no dumb shit why because grown-ass men do grown man shit yes we do peace don't forget that you can catch us on soundcloud you can catch us on google play you can catch us on iTunes. That's the newest one. We're, we're the newest. very proud. Very, we're very proud. Bad. We got the. So if you got an Android, we got you. You got an iPhone, we got you. iTunes, we got you. SoundCloud, we got, we got you. you. And Google Play, we got you. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. Gotcha. On both of those, on all three of those platforms. And we are also still on the podcast radio network every Friday at seven o'clock. Get with us. We are at this point. We'll be nine episodes. At this point, we nine episodes in, um, and I want to do a call out. I got another call out, Joe. Who are you gonna call out? Let me see who I'm finna call out, man. Uh, let's see who I'm finna call out. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see now. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see now. Robert Christian. It's a call out call out robert christian Robert Christian share the show man, if you're liking what we're doing, and how did you come up with this name? share the show how did you come up with this name Robert Christian a very regal name very regal name for a very regal person mm-hmm. um another one of my homeboys okay uh yeah he uh share the show man um share the show tell people about us we are on itunes google play and we are on soundcloud um the grown-ass man hip-hop show podcast radio network and we're also on the podcast radio network every friday at seven every friday at seven or as they say in the south south um, south o'clock. o'clock with M. that's s-e-v-e Sam. at seven o'clock Selm. on friday Podcast i think there's an Selm. extra e in there don't you think don't you think it'd be Selm. like s-e-v-e-e-m salm salm <laughs> hey that's salm what the fuck is a salm <laughs> <Selm>. salm <Selm. laughs> don't be crying about that now if you miss it at crying. seven o'clock because it's on soundcloud every day you know we drop every thursday we drop every single thursday on soundcloud man you'll get a notification to your phone And uh, yeah, take this ride with us. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I'm Joey Burnham. That's Lawrence G. I said that backwards, but it's all good with me. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I'm Lawrence G. That's Joey Burnham. And we are out. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by Fourth Coast Media, produced by Lawrence Trammell, and recorded at Fourth Coast Studios. This is a Fourth Coast Media production. Fourth, Coast? What?